You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out. What do you got? All right, before I actually get into my what you need to know, I know you guys talked about this, but a lot of people are hitting me up. You guys will not get physical tickets or email to the Bendies. It is like a guest list. So once you guys, if you guys have a ticket, your name will be on a list and that's how you get in because I'm getting too many messages about that. But I know you guys talked about it. I just kind of wanted to reiterate that to the people. Now, going into my what you need to know, I have a weird, crazy obsession with Alcatraz since I visited the place. I don't know, like... I feel like I have like a thing for feeling and kind of I don't explore that. But I saw one of the interns shared a story where uh, the U.S. Marshals gave like pictures, like an updated photo of what the three men that escaped looked like. And I was just like, I mean, it's it's kind of to inform people, but more so to ask you guys, do you guys really believe that those three people actually made it out of live from Alcatraz? Do I believe that they actually made it out alive? Yeah. Because you guys know the story, right? They spend like a year digging the tunnel with the spoons right, right, and right. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, I've never really thought of that, to be honest with you. Well, when what you say you, made it out alive, do you mean like because once they got through their tunnel, then they had to swim off the island? Well, they had a raft. I don't know if you know the story. No, I don't. Go ahead. You really don't? Okay. So, well, I, and then, by the way, listen, I've been to Alcatraz, and I really like the um, – I have a really great picture – of like sitting on the can in a cell, mm-hmm. you know, which is like the one thing I never want to have happen in my real life. Mm-hmm. So I just have the funny picture of it. But it's been so long since I've been to Alcatraz. So, no, I don't really remember the okay, story. So basically they, they spent a year digging a tunnel with like mm-hmm. spoons. They climbed mm-hmm. up a pole and then evaded the, the guards and then took out in a raft. But, you know, the 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 tides or whatever, the, it's really rough there in, mm-hmm. in San Francisco. So a lot of people yeah. think that they died trying to make it to san francisco because you know alcatraz is in a little island mm-hmm. but i don't know i always feel like i said i have a little weird obsession with it i always felt like they did make it and they just kind of went super rogue and nobody ever knew what the hell they did like they just you know because there was no social media there was nothing back then where'd they get a raft i mean if they were digging the hole they with the spoons it. they made it's like i mean have you never seen alcatraz I don't remember this part, Laura. Oh, I'm sorry. By the way, if I don't remember it, I got news for you. There are lots of people that are listening right now that are like, I don't remember it either. So I have a little weird obsession, but they made the raps. It was a whole thing. But I always felt like they made it out alive. So I I know, like, I know Lindsay watches a lot of documentaries. I don't know if she has any thoughts on it, but I always felt like they made it out and they lived their lives. I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts. I would admit I have no idea what she's talking about. Oh, damn. Okay. Never mind. Really? I am the only weird one that is obsessed with the Alcatraz situation. I mean, I know I sort of know the story, but yeah, it wasn't really anything I Actually, had. I don't know. You mentioned I, it. I always I think, just assumed they made it out. I guess. I think know? there was an NPR podcast about it. Yeah, there's like, there's like, uh, there's like the uh, the Escape from Alcatraz, like that's like the big one, right? Then there was a show called Alcatraz that talked about it, and it was like kind of sci-fi, which I don't believe that kind of went down. But I, I don't know. Like I've always been super intrigued by having this like. Because it was supposed to be the prison that nobody could get away from and right. escape yeah. from. And was, then here are yeah. three guys yeah. that 
dug a tunnel with a spoon and probably not a spoon is my guess no it was like when you when you go to alcatraz they show you and stuff like what they used i don't know like you're you're like no there wasn't a spoon (laughs) it wasn't it's i mean it feels kind of hard to do it with a spoon but i I guess event i guess initially maybe a spoon but i i should have known all of this because you know i know Lindsay, you said there was a podcast from npr about it i believe so now oh yeah you're all over so of course i mean i can't believe i'm shocked that i I missed that podcast that is what you need to know brought to you by morongo casino resort and spa good times less than 90 minutes wherever you are you can find it on npr I tried to watch a documentary last night. Lindsay, I was about to text you and ask you for a suggestion. On PBS? No. Um, I turned on HBO Max for the first time since winning time. Like, yeah. since winning time ended, I yeah. literally have not been back to HBO Max. Why haven't you watched The Batman? The Batman is good. I saw that last night when I turned on HBO Max. I was like, okay, here's The Batman. And then there was this movie called Chernobyl, the Lost Tapes documentary of some kind about the you know thing that happened in the mid-'80s That one was Russia. terrible. If I tell you right now, I fell asleep about 25 minutes into this thing because that it was, was mostly terrible. in Russian and yeah. all the subtitles down below. My daughter looked oh, at me yeah, and she you goes, were I don't do subtitles. Yeah, yeah. I-, I tried. Like, I actually tried with the subtitles. It just didn't work. I passed out and fell asleep. So yeah. there, There's a Try. few that I really, really want to watch on Netflix that, like, the subject of them is very intriguing to me, but I can't do subtitles, so I don't even bother. I should have mm. listened to you, Lindsay, because you told me don't watch Candy. All right. On oh, yeah, that is terrible. Oh, my God. I was like, told my boyfriend, no, 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 I want to watch it. it. It seems interesting. He's like, all right. No lie. Like five minutes in, I was out. So, so slow. bad. <laughs> well, see, a lot of the, the thing now that people are realizing, like, oh, all these like true crime, you know, is like huge. And people between true crime and documentaries, everybody's trying to capitalize on it. Like it's a big trend. So then people want to stretch things out and make it into, oh, not a documentary, but a docu-series. And we're going to have like eight episodes. Yeah, not everything needs to be a docu Right. And they stretch it out mm-hmm. way longer than it needs to be. And then it just sucks. Yeah. That's well, true. this, this uh, Russian uh, Chernobyl film that I tried to watch last night on HBO Max. If anybody's having a hard time going to sleep, John Ireland, if you're listening to this, if you're having a hard time going to sleep, watch this Chernobyl film on HBO Max. You'll be out in two seconds. That's funny. Um, So real quick, the Lakers um, woke up this morning and decided to buy into uh, and trade into the second round today. So they've acquired the 35th pick in the draft, which Mm -hmm. is an early second round pick, Cappy. Mm -hmm. And uh, because, you know, there's 30 teams. So. Mm Basically, they're, they've either targeted someone that they expect to be falling out of the first round or in that upper five to ten picks of the, uh, of the second round, and they're going to take uh, a, you know, a whirl at somebody, which, by the way, they historically have been very good in the second round or, or late in the first round even or you know, in that general region, like Larry Nance they drafted, Zubats, Clarkson, Kuzma, Hart, um, Taylor Horn Tucker, for that matter. All those guys were drafted very, very, very late in the first round or uh, somewhere in the second round. So they've been historically, and, and I mean recent history, been pretty good at that. Yeah, but I was I was surprised, and I'm going to admit a little confused. Why? As to why the Lakers would want to get into the second round. Okay. Because here's the thing. Uh-huh. Let's assume for a moment that they don't do anything with the pick and they actually make a pick, right? Uh-huh. So a player coming in in the second round, the likelihood of that player like making an instant contribution is probably not that high. Oh, I, I don't know about that. Not in today's NBA. So, I, look, George, all I'm going to say is this. The Lakers with LeBron at 38 years old. They need cheap labor, man. I, 
I get it. I totally get why they might take a pick here, not necessarily purely because they think that this guy at 35 is going to be the piece that we need to win a championship. We're, we're so close, and there's so no, much but talent. He's a guy, but they need a guy that can, can, can defend and can shoot. Like They just need more well-rounded players. And at 35 in this, in this draft, you can find somebody, I think. Perhaps you may. Um, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm not an NBA draft Nick. So perhaps there is enough talent that at 35 you get yourself. I mean, trust a nice me, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't think you were like, you know, oh, you Jonathan guys did or oh, someone like that. Oh, you guys that, didn't expect me to actually. Like, right. Yeah, we didn't think you were oh, any of those people. Okay, I was I, actually going to ask you to break down the potential targets for the Lakers that pick the pick. Yeah, that I picked 35. Yeah. That would have been great. I, and I've been putting a lot of thought into that, as a matter of fact, you know. And, and I mean, I've, I've been who's going to go one right now? Who's going to go one? Well, to the Orlando Magic right now. Who's going one? I'm going to go with Jabari Smith. How about that? I'm going to go with Paolo Banquero of Duke. Paolo Banquero. This is the guy that the... Um, and there the, it is. It is Paolo Banquero. Well, how about that, George? Wow. No, no fair. Woj must have tipped you off. Wow. No. I No, oh. you know what tipped me off? All the Vegas lines. He went from like... Plus like four hundred like four days ago to now like literally like an hour before the draft minus two hundred. This is the guy that was at that F one race in Miami that, that they the, thought he was pa- Patrick right? Mahomes. Yeah, that's what thought was Patrick <laughs> that's Mahomes. Really that's funny. this guy. That's this dude. <laughs> that's like the highlight of his right. like. <laughs> right. Well, no, no, Lindsay, you got to understand. Like, if you said to me, "Who's Paulo Banchero?" I'd be like, "I don't know." And then I don't know who like, he is either. Right? And then if you were like, "Well, he's that Take guy it to the Banchero that plays that played at Duke that was in Miami that they thought was Patrick Mahomes." Oh, he's the Patrick Mahomes basketball player guy. That's who I think he is. Yeah. But let me tell you something, George. I'm watching this draft right now, as I'm sure yeah. you are as well. The suit that my man Paolo Banchero, Banchero is wearing right now yeah, Banchero, is, yeah. is dope AF, and now, I just hope to live up to the hype tomorrow night. Because, he's wearing a, a purple suit with right? a lot of diamonds on it. He's got, a, mm-hmm. uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on from a jewelry perspective. Now, I know why he's wearing a purple suit. Um, is it because he's, he's from, a big Prince fan? Well, he's from the Seattle area, and both his parents went to the, the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. So oh. he said, the, you know, because both his parents – um, went to school there that a lot of their friends gave them grief that Paolo didn't uh, stay at UW and went to Duke. Uh, so he says, this is kind of me showing UW respect. Oh, wow. I thought it was because he was from Minneapolis and he was a big Prince fan. No, no. See, hence NBA outsider. Right. Yeah. Right. But I have been thinking long and hard about this uh, pick that the Lakers have at 35. And there's a few names that I'm projecting could possibly be available at that time. Yeah, but I'm not sure that any of them are the impact players that the Lakers need. But I understand okay. what you're saying about filling out a roster and needing cheap labor. I you get do. what you're yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. But again, I was confused by the move. I was surprised by the move. And I'm wondering more than anything else, are the Lakers simply going to take a player, like you say, to fill out the roster inexpensively? Or do they have some other plan to utilize that pick and some future pick and Russell Westbrook to move Russ and get a player that they might think could really help them? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think anyone, a second rounder is going to make a huge impact. Well, that's what I just said. That's exactly what I just said. No, no, I'm saying in the trade scenario. Mm. All right. Like, on the team, there's a much better chance, I think. I'm really thinking about Trevor Keels. You familiar with Trevor Keels' work? Uh, No. Oh, dude, what what a player this guy is. Out of Duke, six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds, very solidly built. He's got a lot of good lateral movement. He's got a solid shot mid ranger. 
You know, um, he's decent at the three, but he's got a lot of growing to do. And I feel really uh, that maybe Isn't the he Lakers. A point guard? I don't know. Maybe he is. I have no idea, actually. I don't know who he is. Uh, how about Justin Lewis? You familiar with his work, the forward out of Marquette? Are you familiar with him? I actually am familiar with him. Oh, he's what a, a player. He's a good two-way player, actually. Oh, what a ball player. The two-way is exactly how I was going to call it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's my scouting report on the young yeah. man. I do like this guy. This I've been doing a little international scouting recently, George, and there's a player that I like out of New Zealand by the name of Hugo Besson. Are you familiar with Hugo? No, I'm not familiar with Hugo. Oh, what a player this guy is. This guy's been a pro ball player since he's 14 years old. Uh, yeah. They took him out of seventh grade. He was already seven foot two. Mm-hmm. And the uh, guy is just phenomenal. I mean, really, big, long arms, like eight-foot wingspan. What a player this kid yeah. is. Yeah. Out of what, New do you Zealand. Think, what, what do you think of Chet Holmgren, the kid from Gonzaga? Chet Gonzaga, Holmgren. Excuse me. Chet Holmgren. Um, I don't particularly love him, to be honest with you. You don't? No, I don't. Why? Remind, what, 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 are, what are the issues with Holmgren? He, he projects to be, you remember a player, what was this kid's name years ago, out of BYU, Sean? Sean Bradley? He's, a, he's not as tall as Sean Bradley, but he is as skinny as Sean Bradley, and I've got my concerns. Okay. How do you think that, how do you think that sounded in terms of I mean like that NBA, actually didn't sound terrible I got to be honest with you NBA so. draft nick talk is what that is right there Yeah I I don't feel like you did I mean that one you didn't do so bad I'm being serious like I know this guy Chet Holmgren had a really great career at Gonzaga Yeah uh, and he's 7 feet tall but dude 7 feet 190 Yeah but you know Kevin Durant who we were just talking about was really damn skinny too Yeah and and listen maybe this kid can put on 10 or 15 pounds of muscle and still be lean and long Mm-hmm. Gosh, he's skinny, this guy. He is skinny. He is. I, I mean, I. But the, yeah, today's NBA, he's not. He's not playing in Shaq. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the not the same NBA. Fair, fair. There is no Shaq to dunk on a fool. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, Lakers at thirty-five. I like it. Good job, Rob. Um, I feel confident they'll pick somebody there that can play. Uh, all right, coming up next, the Dodgers swept the Reds. So we've got uh, some good news. And I know you're going to say, oh, it's just the Reds. But there is some good stuff you can take away from these last couple days. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Yeah. Go ahead, Cappy. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Nope. Oh, that's right. You're anti-Will Smith. Nope. I'm in a Will Smith boycott. I don't get jiggy with it. I don't do summertime. I don't do Miami anymore. I am out on Will Smith. But it's the summer. I know, but Laura, I mean, if you're going to make a political statement, you got to be I'm willing to make... really... Oh, that's you. You yeah. know, yeah, me. you got to be willing to stick with your guns. You know what I'm saying here? But you're such a flip-flopper. You are a flip-flopper. I'm a, I'm a flexible person another good way of putting it i figured you would be over it by now no 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 until i see will smith on some kind of a like oprah special crying on a couch now i'm I'm out on will smith and it's hard listen look you think this is easy right now 
You think I'm not yeah. trying? Like, like, I'm trying, I'm intentionally trying not to jam. Yeah, just let it go, Cap. Let it go. Summertime. It's a good song, though. You have to admit that, at least. Trying very hard right now, George Sedano, <laughs> to not sing this song, to not go, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, to not yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, it, you have no idea how this pains me. Will Smith. Hey, Will, listen to me. I know you're listening. I know you want tickets to the Mandy's. Why don't you come to the Mandy's, get on stage, make your public apology. By the way, don't hit anybody. And um, we'll get over this thing together, you, me, and America. Okay. There you go. We'll just come on the show and talk about it. Yeah, I mean, why do Oprah? Do Sedano and Cap. I mean, you. I, I'm surprised you didn't go there like before I did. I was doing that like kind of in a like almost like mockumentary style. And <laughs> oh wait, you don't really want him to come on the show? I mean, I'm sure it'd be great, but I mean, it, I, the chances of it happening happening, we probably have a better shot of getting hit by a meteor. Oh, so um, is that good or bad? Like, we almost know? did get hit by a meteor. Did you see the news the other day? No, tell me. I mean, it missed us by like a few you know million miles, but that's actually really close, mm. according to scientists. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, meteors don't usually come that close is the point other than in movies, which means it doesn't really happen like that. I know. But if like somebody threw a rock and it like buzzed by my head and it was like, wow, that thing was like a foot away from my head. Like that's a meteor almost hitting me, you know, a meteor. No, no, actually. Well, think of the earth as your head in this case. Okay. Yeah. A couple, you know, that would be a really big head. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it would even make John Ireland's look small. Dude, I have a really tiny pea head. You have a tiny head. I got like a little Beetlejuice head. Yeah, you do. Um, But imagine if you, yeah, if if your head was the earth, a foot away is the, uh, to your tiny little head is the equivalent to a million miles away of the earth. Could the, I see in, it? Because you got to look at it in the perspective of the universe, not your little tiny head perspective. Mm-hmm. Could I see it? I mean, is there any way I could see the meteor coming within a few miles? I don't know. Miles? Just Google it, man. It happened. Not um, that long ago. I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah. I'm too hey, busy so, right now Googling things like um, Python captures in Florida. Yeah. But that's we get more to my that? style. We'll get to that in one second because yeah. I do have a couple of things I need to clean up here real quick. Chet Holmgren win number two to Oklahoma City, which was expected, and Jabari Smith falls. Uh, from being a guy that people thought was going to be the number one pick to the number three pick uh, at the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, that's not like a huge fall. Like, it's fine. I, he looked upset, though. I guess I'd be upset. Would you be upset if you thought you were going to be the number one pick all day and then you found out you dropped to three? Yeah, probably. I mean, I just, you know, I've been telling all my friends, I'm like, yo, I'm going number one overall. I'm going to go to Orlando. We're going to hang out. We're going to go to Disney World. It's going to be yeah. dope. And then his friends are like, no, dude, it's actually not going to be dope because you're going to be terrible, okay? And Orlando stinks, and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And so, you know, you're going to make some money, and we're going to go to Disney World, but it ain't going to be fun, man. You're going to lose a lot. He's better off with the Rockets, I think, because they actually have nice young players there, like a, a c- nice collection of them. Although I think Bancaro is going to be really damn good. Like, I think he's a game-changer type. I don't know if Jabari is. I think he can be, but I don't know if he is yet. Well, I definitely don't know if he is yet. No, you definitely don't know. Yeah, yet. I definitely don't know. I yeah. have no idea. I actually think Holmgren, if he fills out a little bit, will be for sure. But he's got to fill out. Mm. Well, the NBA outsider assessment was actually accurate. Well, I did. Listen, anybody could pick that one up. I mean, all you have to do is look at the guy and go, yo, that guy's too skinny, man. That guy's way too skinny. You know, it's like, have you ever seen a basketball game? Never in my life. But that guy just looks too skinny. Yeah. 
Uh, I want to get to the Dodgers in a second, but tell your Python story. Well, no, all I'm saying is is that I've recently gotten into um, videos on YouTube about Python capturing why? and hunting. Um, I'm afraid of snakes, okay? Okay, so why, a, would you, why would you subject yourself to that then? Because I read this story that in Florida, they have a problem with pythons in the Everglades. Have you ever heard about this story? I mean, there's always been snakes in the Everglades. No, no, hold on a second. These are not snakes that are native to the area. So what happened was in one of the hurricanes... Somebody dropped one in there? In a hurricane, true story, in a hurricane in Florida, a snake shop, an exotic snake shop was, like, wiped out. These snakes escaped into the wild and, like, bred, and, uh, you know, the population blew up. And they keep capturing these, like, 18-foot python snakes, and inside of them are deer and alligators. And these snakes are not native to the region, so they're screwing up the ecology. So the state of Florida is allowing hunters to come in and hunt for giant pythons. And then you have to kill the python humanely, George. Do you know how to do that? No, I have no idea. You take a screwdriver, and you blast it through the python's head, and then you swish it all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humanely. No, it's true. And then you, yeah. what you do is, is you blast the brain of the python. And then, you, and then it's a competition. And I have got my, because I don't have a show right now. I don't have, like, any series that I'm watching. So I watch YouTube videos of people hunting giant snakes in Florida. There's guys- actually a, a, a comical sitcom, whatever you want to call it, show about that exact thing that just came out that I've been watching. Where can I watch that? Um, uh, I think it's on Peacock. Yeah, it's uh, Craig Craig Robinson, the comedian. You know, he's in like he's in oh, he's so stuff. good. He's funny. Well, he's, he's in the, currently he's in the pizza commercials that everybody watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he literally that's a, he like loses his job or whatever, and so like to make money, he starts like hunting these snakes because they give him like you get like twenty grand every time you kill a snake. No way, man. Yeah, it's really funny. The way they capture capture these snakes is you find one of these snakes, right? You go up to the snake, you grab the snake by the tail. You yank the snake, right? And as the snake comes out and and you're holding him by the tail, he's kind of looking at you like, hey, pal, I'm about to eat you. I'm going to wrap you up and eat you. And then you got to go and grab the snake by the neck. Now you got to hold him by the bottom of the tail and the neck, and then he wraps himself all around your arm. And then you know what you do, George? What? You know what happens after this? What? You squeeze out the snake waist. You squeeze it out because the snake, if if the snake puts its waist on you, they say the smell is so unbelievably bad. So first you squeeze the snake as hard as you can, you know, to get all of that snake waste out of there. The snake doo-doo? Correct. And then oh. you take the, the, the Phillips head screwdriver and you smash him in the head and you his brains. That's the humane way of doing it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that's the humane way. I would love to see the way that is inhumane in that. Well, I probably, you know, you take like a knife and chop his no, head you off. You know what? I'm good. It's okay. Yeah. I just want to know, Cap, like how this differs from your favorite, other favorite snake activity, which is milking snakes. <laughs> milking snakes is Wait, a different what? discipline. Remember he's talking about, like, remember when he was talking about the trophy when we were at the Rams house? And he's like, you know how I held the Ram trophy? It was kind of like how you milk a snake. Yeah, milking a That's snake. That's true. Right, yeah, right. You when you that. milk a rattlesnake. <laughs> That's right. People know what I'm talking about. No. You take the rattlesnake, you hold him by the top of his head, you, oh, you open his mouth, you put his fangs over a glass, you push down on it, and all of the Where milk did you see come... that? A movie? I've seen it on, like, TV shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm telling you right now george rattlesnakes get milked okay we'll find out on the other side we'll play radio tinder next 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks, Chris. Really excited. And I don't know, I'm running out of things to be excited about when I uh, say talk about Radio Tinder. But yeah, really excited about this first story here. Um, <laughs> you are? I'm actually not excited about it, and I want to know how you guys feel. After oh, okay, years of resisting advertisements on its streaming platform, Netflix is going to introduce commercials. Oh, I knew it. They were hurting because everybody else is getting a piece of the pie, and they had to figure out a way to figure out revenue. Exactly. So their CEO confirmed yesterday that the company would begin testing an ad-supported, lower-priced subscription tier. The move comes after, like Sedano said, they announced that they had lost 200,000 subscribers in the first three months of this year, and their forecasts for the rest of this year are greater to come. Will this impact your decision on whether or not to subscribe to Netflix, swipe left or swipe right? Sedano, I, I'm pretty sure you don't have Netflix anymore, which is why I, I, I phrased yeah, I, it that way. I think way. I told my wife we can get rid of it because I don't watch anything. And she's like, yeah, I don't really watch anything either. So I, if she did, if someone did it, it was her. If not, it still might be there. But I definitely don't watch anything on Netflix anymore at this stage. So if something came out on Netflix that you did want to watch, would this now be like, well, no, now they have ads on it. Like, screw them. I'm not, I don't want it. Well, you could still pay for the one without ads, I'm guessing. So Right. So that's my point. Like, would it, would you say, would it impact any potential decision? No, I no? mean, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, for some people, I'm sure it might. So yeah. you're swiping uh, left. I'm swiping left. It doesn't make a difference to me, but I just don't watch Netflix at the moment. Lindsay, to answer this question for you, I have to give a little bit of perspective. You know my favorite music streaming service? You know what that is? Yeah, Spotify. the pa- pa- Pandora, right? Pandora, that's right. Pandora. Mm, old school. And, and, and like LeBron... I don't pay for the commercial-free version of Pandora. I use the, the, the version that has lots of commercials. So if Netflix adds commercials and they have shows that I want to watch, the commercials aren't going to bother me at all. Seriously. So I would stick with it. My problem is I have Netflix. I've got Disney+. Plus, I've got HBO Max. I've got all these things, and I barely ever watch any of them. I got HBO Max just for winning time. I got uh, Apple TV at one point just for Ted Lasso, and then I didn't finish it and can't figure out how to get back onto it. And I got Disney Plus to watch, oh, gosh, Hamilton, and I never watched that. I, I, what am I paying for all this stuff for? Yeah. Well, that's a good question, Cap. What are you paying for all that stuff for? I don't know because I'm too lazy to figure out how to cancel it, I guess. See, that's you're you're like one of the reasons why many of these – subscription companies stay afloat is because oh, they're dude. counting on like half of the people to not 
to, to never bother unsubscribing. Dude, it's like it's like owning a gym. Hopefully what happens is you get a thousand members to the gym and like 200 of them actually show up and work out and 800 of them continue to pay their membership and never show up. That's me. I'm that guy. Yep. But the thing about the gym memberships is like, I don't understand if, if so many people don't show up, like it's not like them showing up is costing you money. You know, it's different with like, you know, I feel like a lot of these writing and, some, um, you know, the streaming services because it's costing them money to distribute the content, buy the content, blah, blah, blah. Whereas the gym, it's going to be there regardless, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got to just, I got to figure out what I'm canceling. Seriously. They got these apps. There's an now. app. Yeah. There's yeah, an app I for gotta, that. I got to do that. You need one. Okay. Next one. So speaking of, uh, these big behemoth companies in the tech world, Alexa will soon be able to hit you with a little bit of nostalgia by speaking to you in a loved one's voice. New updates to the AI device, which essentially serves to many as a virtual assistant, were revealed at Amazon's annual ReMars conference on Wednesday. The company says that Alexa's new capability will enable lasting personal relationships. For example... If someone asks Alexa to read a story in their grandmother's voice, she can't. How? Using a short recording of someone's voice, Alexa can learn to mimic it. So you could play, like, a voicemail. Like, I still have a voicemail. My grandma passed away, like, two, three years ago. I still have a voicemail for my grandma singing me happy birthday. Like, if I played that, Alexa could then learn her voice and then play it back to me, like, you know, read a book back to me in her voice, just like that. So, is this a good idea? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe right and say it's a good idea. I'm just going to say that I'm not going to use it because it's kind of a little freaky to me. It's, I could see where people think it's creepy, but yeah. I could see where it would be like pretty cool too. I think it's a little Black Mirror-ish myself. What's that? Yeah. Mean? But I could, I could, I could, I'm totally on the fence on this one. Like I could understand for people to be like, nah, bro, that's too weird for me. And I could feel like some people are like, hey, I really miss, you know, grandma. Right. And I'd love to hear her voice occasionally because it brings back really good memories um, and want something like that. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, I will admit this. You ready? So I have a cousin of mine who I was really, really close to, like a brother, and he died when he was 40 years old. And sometimes when I'm just, I don't know why this is a little weird, but sometimes when I'm thinking about him, there's YouTube videos that are still on there with him. And I'll go watch them. That's not weird. I do that with my friend that just passed away all the time. Yeah. I watch his his clips from the radio stations and YouTube stuff from when he was a reporter. I do that all the time. Yeah. I don't think so it's I, weird. So I just wonder if I would really... By the way, I don't think I have an Alexa in my house. I don't. And this makes me... Like, I think it's weird. I feel like they do. They definitely monitor you and record you, whatever, and they're weird. But I kind of want to buy sure. one and try this just to see, like, what it sounds like because I'm curious about it. Like, I don't think I'd keep it. I would, like, hear it and be like, okay, that's what it sounds like. That's cool. And then I'd be done with it. Alexa is always listening because I have one, and it's freaky. Super freaky. Yeah, I don't like that. George, you got an Alexa in your house? Yeah. Use it? My wife does. You ever say, like, hey, Alexa, do this for me? No, usually it's because my wife will make a, um, like, tell Alexa to, like, have set a timer for something or for something or, or other. Yeah. And yep, then she makes for. the noise. She goes, do, 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 do. And then I'll just like yell, Alexa, cancel. Yep. I yell at her more than I yell at anybody. Yeah, else. yeah, I yell at her. <laughs> yeah. My mom does I, that I, and she can't figure out how to turn it off. I'll go over there and it'll just be playing. And she'll be like, I can't figure out how to shut it up. And I'm like, mom, you just sell her off. She doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I have a problem with my TV where my TV talks to me and I can't figure out how to shut off this 
this this thing. I, I one time was trying to figure out how to use like the voice control on the remote, and I somehow programmed it. So every time I turn up the channel, it'll go it'll go volume forty five, channel thirty two, and I'm like, how do I shut this thing up? I can't figure out how to turn it off. Yeah, that's like the non seeing or like the what's it called? One of those like access- accessibility functions. Yeah, can't figure out how to turn this freaking thing off. My daughter, who's sixteen, says she knows how to do it, but she won't because she knows it annoys me. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. Your kids yeah. would say that. Yep. <laughs> All right, last uh, one here. So the yeah. owner of Cliff Bars was apparently mm-hmm. offered a tantalizing sum from Quaker Oats back in the year 2000 to sell his then upstart energy bar maker for mm-hmm. $120 million, okay. and he walked away. Mm-hmm. As the company's website put it, Cliff is not for sale. Well, here we are 22 years later, and things have changed. So the owner and his wife this week accepted a $2.9 billion buyout from snack giant Mondelez International. Mm-hmm. So once completed, the acquisition will make the couple, in the, they will put them in the class of self-made billionaires. So mm-hmm. I know that you own your business, Cap, you have cited. Mm-hmm. But this is more of just like a hypothetical in general mm-hmm. personality question. If you own a business, do you think that you would find it hard to turn down a huge deal like $120 million to buy your company? Even though you thought that it would be worth more down the road, because I know I would. So would you find that hard to turn down, swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I will swipe right and say I would find it very, very hard to turn down. You know, look, when you're passionate about something like these people are about their cliff bar, you know, this was their baby. You know, this was their thing. And $125 million, you're like, how could you turn that money down? But it's like Mark Cuban says, if you have an exit strategy, you don't have a passion for your business. So these folks had such a passion for Cliff Bars. By the way, Cliff Bars are okay. I mean, they're they're aight. I mean, I don't go to the store and buy them all that often. I've used them. Before, I used to back in the day. Yeah, but they're I like, used to. Yeah, they're like they're like 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 hockey pucks of like granola that's all pushed together and it's hard to like chew. And anyway, people like them though. No, I liked them too. The peanut butter one in particular was my favorite one. But I got to give it to these people because 125 million 20 plus years ago, you would set yourself up essentially for life. But by being passionate about their business 20 years later, almost $3 billion, that takes a lot of guts. It's pretty crazy. So, yeah. But now they can be like, well, we were right. What about you, Sedano? Would you, would you find it hard to turn it down the first time? Um, no. I mean, I, I, if I really felt like I could make – you know, it, it depends, right? Like if I felt like, well, $120 million, I could probably make that um, at some point, you know, like if we're really – if our sales continue to grow exponentially the way they have, right? I'd have to look at the numbers of the way the company was rolling. If the company was rolling, I'd ride it out for a little while longer. Um, and then, you know, maybe a couple years later, when I when we feel like we've peaked or we're getting close to peaking, you know, knowing the marketplace, then you you, you sell. So, Lindsay, I had a chance recently. Now, this is about six months ago. I told George this. I had a chance to sell Sided to a really, really, really big name brand media company. And it wasn't the kind of money that would make me say, you know what, let me just get out of this thing, pay my investors back, and go on my way to a new deal. I was like, that's not even close to what I think this thing's going to be worth. So thanks, but no thanks. So you were kind of like these people in that sense. Well, the money, though, I mean, if if somebody offered me $100 million, I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, done. Yeah. I I, I feel like if it was... Any multi-million dollar deal, something that I invented or started, I'd be like, heck yeah, let me go retire. You take, you know, give me your money. I'd be done. 
I would never have been able to walk away from $125 million. Yeah, me neither. No way. No way. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you can't walk away from five bucks when George, uh, somebody's putting something on the back of your jacket. George, listen, I've had, <laughs> I've, I've had horses, right, that I'm like, okay, this horse is never going to be anything. We'll sell them for ten grand, And then the next thing you know, the horse wins a $100,000 race, and you're like, damn it, why did I sell that? But at the time, I had to make a decision, you know? Yeah, I hear you. All right, that is uh, Radio Tinder each and every day brought to you by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, award-winning small batch, premium sipping tequila. Made from the finest mature agaves, available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and do what I do. Demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. All right, look, uh, Blake Harris, our Dodger insider, is going to join us. We'll talk to him in two minutes. Dodgers just swept the Reds, so uh, we're going to have a lot of good things to discuss with Blake here coming up in just a second. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Dodgers swept the Reds. Our buddy Blake Harris joins us every week. Follow him on Twitter at BlakeHarrisTBLA. Subscribe to his Substack. All of us have except Cappy because he's cheap. No, nope, um, nope, that's not why. Why? Oh, you don't want to support journalism. I support sensationalism. And I'm broke. Right. But nonetheless, you should subscribe anyway. Lindsay and I have at least, and that's why we're more prepared than Cappy most days. Mm, I don't know about that. Because sure. you're just going on feel. We're going on Blake's Substack. We know what's up. Mm. So, Blake, thank you for joining us as always. Uh, Blake, did you know that Cappy was right, that people do milk rattlesnakes? However, they, it's not actual milk, Cappy. You know no, that, no, right? it's not milk. It's venom. Right. But the, but the actual process of extracting the venom is a form of milking. Blake, did you know this? So first off, no, I did not know that. But uh, second, I am not shocked in the slightest that uh, Cap somehow found this out some way and uh, knows this where we didn't. So, uh, hey, they say you learn something new every day, and I guess uh, that's my new fact of uh, new fact of the day. I can tell my girlfriend when she gets home from work. Blake, you've never seen any kind of like TV show where there's a guy trapping a rattlesnake and he puts a device over the snake's neck, and then he goes and he picks him up, and he holds him by the back of the neck, and then he puts his fangs on a glass, and then he pushes down, then he milks the rattlesnake. You've never seen that process? See, I don't watch those cool kind of TV shows. Uh, I, I'm not into that. So maybe it's out there <laughs> on TV, but uh, I, I haven't caught those yet. Okay, He's watching you- the Dodgers every damn night so that he can write great content for people to read and, and subscribe to, you dope. I'll bet you that there are more people interested in reading about snake milk extraction worldwide than there are about Dodgers on your substack. You should create a, a new substack for milking oh rattlesnakes. I'll, I'll tell you what, Scott. I'll, I'll make a poll on Cited tomorrow, and we'll go. see uh, what side of the spectrum people fall on for that. See, now we're talking right there. Now we're yeah. talking. I'm going to look on YouTube. That's good. That's funny, good. See if I can find any rattlesnake milking videos. I'm going to send them to you. I'm going to send you the link. Please do. Uh, All right. So, Blake, people are looking at this and saying, eh, it's just the Reds. But there are some positives to take out of these last couple of days. Yes? Yeah, see, I'm one of the few people that I know a lot of people are kind of dunking on the Reds. They had to face three really good starting pitchers. And 
the Reds Loki have some really good talent. They just have lost a lot of games this year. So I don't think this was like, you know, being a minor league team. I thought this was a very impressive series for the Dodgers. I mean, the offense, they were fantastic. It's the first time all season they've scored A-plus runs in three straight games. Their starting pitching was pretty good. And their bullpen essentially up until today was lights out. I think they, you know, had pitched eight scoreless innings for the first two games, something like that. So although, you know, again, people want to say the Reds were necessarily a good opponent, it's baseball on any given day. Any team can win. We've seen the Dodgers, even just a couple of weeks ago, get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I'm not taking this week for granted. And I thought it was a very impressive series for the Dodgers. Probably one of their uh, more impressive series for the entire season up to this point. So I would say my big takeaway from this series is Clayton Kershaw's performance. I mean, that's for me, that's it. Because I am going to be the opposite side of this and go, yeah, but it's just the Reds because they're terrible. But Clayton Kershaw coming back and seeing the kind of performance that he put out, seven hits, uh, one walk, struck out seven. I mean, it, to me, that's the one I'm going to look at and say, you got to get Clayton Kershaw back while Walker Bueller's out. So that's my takeaway. What do you, what'd you make of Kershaw's performance? Ooh, that sounded very Dave Kingman-y, very Tommy Lasorda-y. <laughs> what did you think of Kingman's performance? I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a good performance. I mean, he allowed seven hits, so the Reds were making a lot of contact, but he, you know, issued only one walk, and the Reds were getting guys on base, and Kershaw was able to work out of jams and allow only one run, had seven strikeouts. He was using his curveball today a lot more than he had in previous starts throughout the season. He's just been kind of his fastball and slider uh, using that as his main combo, but he was whipping out that curveball today, and I thought he looked really good, and he, he was kind of arguing with Dave there, looked like to go back and pitch one more inning. He only made 80 pitches through six innings, but the Dodgers, they're being careful with Kershaw as they should. Um, they had a six-run lead, I think, when he came out of the game. But I, I love seeing that from Kershaw. Usually he's at the point in his career where he's kind of okay if he's getting taken out of a game. I mean, he didn't necessarily make a huge deal when he was getting taken out of the perfect game. But seeing him today, again, with a six-run lead, pretty much making his case to let Dave send him out there for another inning, uh, that was my biggest takeaway. I love seeing that. I love seeing Kershaw want to go one more inning. Again, continue to build his pitch down up because he did miss a month of the season. But I'm uh, really impressed with Kershaw today. He looks really good, and again, the fact that this is year 15 and he's still putting up some top five, top ten numbers in all of baseball, I mean, it, it's remarkable at this point. Blake Harris, of course, our Dodger insider here on Sedano and Cap, each and every Thursday at 545. He joins us here on the show. Subscribe to his Substack. Uh, of course, just go, you know, go to the Substack and look for Blake Harris. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Blake Harris, T-B-L-A. Now, look, we're a little bit in the tank here for Trace Thompson because of Michael and that relationship. Um, you know, we, we love the family, et cetera, et cetera. But Trace has been really damn good since he got back here via trade from the Tigers. Um, look, it's, it's unfair to say, can he sustain this, what we've seen right away? But what do you make of the move? And, and you know, do you believe he can be a, a contributor, at least, moving forward? Yeah, I, I, I love having him back. I mean, you know, he was with the Dodgers back in 2016, 2017. He wasn't awful, but, you know, he just dealt with some injuries. His numbers took a bit of a hit. And, yeah, when the Dodgers acquired him the other day, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. I mean, it's not every day that you see a uh, guy come back to a team he wants to play for. But the good thing with Trace Thompson is the Dodgers don't need him to be a starter. I mean, hopefully Mookie Betts is back within the next couple of weeks. I think that's the expectation at this point. But he's going to play a lot over the next couple of weeks. And then once Mookie Betts comes back, he's essentially going to be a valuable bench piece that you can you know, bring up in a pinch in situation. If you need to put him in the outfield, he's more than capable out there. And like we've seen, it's been a very small sample size. I think he only has 
four bats or maybe three at bats over the last few days. Hit a double last night in the crucial part of the game, and he hit a ball. I know I think it said it was an estimated 410 feet, but that went halfway up the upper deck in Cincinnati. That thing looked like it went 430, 440 feet. So I think Trace Thompson is a very underrated pickup that uh, actually might really help the Dodgers a lot this season. I mean, his numbers in AAA this season were insane. I think he had like an OPS of 1,100, nearly 20 home runs. Again, the thing is, he doesn't need to be a star. He doesn't need to be a stud. He just needs to do what's asked of him when he's called upon, which, again, the next few weeks is going to be a lot. But once Mookie Betts comes back, I think he's going to be a really valuable piece off the bench. And I wouldn't be shocked if he is a, a huge contributor for the Dodgers at some point later in the season. I hope you're right, because I'll tell you, George is exactly right. We're all partial to Trace because we are all Michael fans. And, man, as a dad, to have your son win an NBA championship after this monster comeback and then to have your other son make his way all the way back to the hometown team, it is a great story. If Trace could just be like 70% of what his AAA career has been, I don't follow minor league baseball, but I've taken an interest in this story. And when you see the stats that this kid has put up in AAA, if he could just be 70% of what he was in AAA, he'd be a successful major leaguer, and I'm rooting for him. I hope that Why didn't you say 69%? I feel like you would have gone for that joke. I was a little disappointed in you. No, I was more like, I was, you know, George, my, my real number was probably like 63% but I wanted to round up rather than round down. I just want the, I just, I wish good for the guy, you know, cause I like guys who grind and guys who are like, you know what? I'm going to keep playing until they tell me I can't play anymore. So I'm rooting for this kid, even if he wasn't Michael's kid, but because he's Michael kid, yeah, I'm no, rooting that I, much more. It's, it's a great story. Like Blake mentioned. Now let, let me ask you this, Blake, because I, I've been out as we've talked about with you on uh, Craig Kimbrell for all, you know, basically almost from the beginning. Okay, Uh, and I feel like you're in a similar situation. Now, the guy that I've been touting for about a week or so to be the new closer is Yancey Almonte. That guy has swag, not on 10, on 12. And I feel like that's half the battle. And then the other half is the fact that he strikes out guys at a very high rate, which I think is clearly important to be a future closer. I know he's like, you know, he's not young anymore. But what do you make of my theory that Yancey Almonte should be the guy moving forward when Kimbrell eventually blows up? Yeah, I mean, the weather outside is hot, and I think it's largely due to that really hot take. But I ah, like it. I mean, ah, Yancey ah, Almonte has been not only, you know, the Dodgers' best reliever at this point in the season. I was, you know, really crunching the numbers earlier. And among pitchers that have pitched 20 innings, I think he's right at about just under 20 at 19. He's been like one of the top 10 relievers in all of baseball. He has an ERA under one. And aside from, I think, his first or second inning with the Dodgers, he's been phenomenal. I mean, again, he's been their best reliever by far. So I know the Dodgers will never go with it. I mean, they're the team where they're going to stick to a closer. I mean, we saw it with Kenley, even in the worst stretches with Kenley, they stuck with him. Aside from the postseason a couple of years ago, they went away. And I think the other day, Dave Roberts came out and said, we're sticking with Craig Kimbrell as our closer. Personally, before they made the trade for Kay Krimble, I was on board with having a closer by committee, which I still think the Dodgers should do. I'm all for playing matchups, using the hot hand, you know, based on who pitches when. I think that's what the Dodgers should do. But, again, I get going old school and wanting to have a closer. But Yenzi Almonte, I mean, again, I, I've heard a lot of hot takes on Dodgers Twitter over the last week that have been absolutely out there. But that is one, George. Uh, that's sort of the top of the list in regards to uh, hot takes I can get behind. I'll, I'll take it. I, I'm like telling that? you that hot I, take. if that guy, that guy's going to be a closer, 
And I'm telling you, he's got it. Like, I, I know he struggled in Colorado, but a lot of guys struggle in Colorado. This guy is the perfect guy to put in that position. So yep, we'll see he, if it – I doubt it happens, but we'll see. And he's a Miami guy, so George is going to hype well, him no, up. Well, no, but I didn't long. even know that when I made that, that hot take. I had no idea until Beto pointed that out, and then I looked him up and Googled him. All right, well, there you go. Hey, listen, before you go, Blake, um, are you planning on making an appearance tomorrow at the Mandy's? Now, you know what they say about uh, people that crash events, they will not uh, share their secrets, so – I'll leave that to uh, to be determined. We can ask the uh, community on Twitter uh, what their thoughts on whether or not I show up or not. There you go. All right. All right, Blake Harris, follow him on Twitter, at Blake Harris TBLA. Make sure you subscribe to his Substack. We do accept Cappy because he's cheap. I know he says he supports sensationalism, not journalism. Right. He's just cheap. Right. Let's be That's honest right. with you. That's right. So, all right, Blake, you're the best, brother. Thank you again, and looking forward to next week at 545 on Thursday. One thing before I go, Scott, I've been listening the last couple of weeks and hearing you hype up uh, your wardrobe for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I I hope I'm not let down because uh, this is the hyped up, most hyped outfit I've ever think I've heard. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you rock tomorrow. It, it's the it's the radio version of being a first round pick in the NBA draft. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. All right, all right, Blake, we got to roll because we're up against it. We'll see you, bud. All right, there Thank it is. you. Mm -hmm. All right, we got to run because Laura's going to get in trouble if we don't break now.